we live? The vulnerable. <laughs> are powerful. Yes, sir. And the most gangster thing you could do is serve. Yes, sir. All the way live. <laughs> oh, what a be like? What a be like? Please drop some, drop some, uh, some bombs, some air horns, some gunshots, drop something. Are we live? Yes, yes, yes. We are in the building. What is good, people? What it be like? Peace to the planet. What up? Hey, man. Hey, Mr. Miles Xavier. Uh, this is undoubtedly the All The Way Live podcast, man. What we do over here on a weekly basis every week, you know what it is, on time. You give people that carefully curated content for their cranium. You feel me? <laughs> mm-hmm. Killing head tops the world <laughs> over. Okay. Hey, man. This is... What we always say, a place of positivity, intentional positivity. This is a space for anybody, man, that if the, if, even if we can just give people a little bit of a good time on their weekday, because people are going through it. And if this could be even just a pocket of happiness, that's exactly what we do here at the show every week. Make me happy. Happy to be here. <laughs> for real, this, is, this has become so therapeutic. Like, this is um, uh, a very a very positive outlet to have. And the fact that people even listening to this, referencing these conversations, hitting us up, that means absolutely the world to us, man. And that's what keeps us going. Thank y'all. <laughs> you know exactly how we dish out this year content, curated content, is by breaking the show up into three different parts. We got that. Stumble upon. This is where yes, me and Miles so. talk about everything that is interesting, interested us throughout the week. We bring that to y'all. And this week, we got some super, 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 super dope content. I'm actually very excited about everything that, that's lined up. Yeah, we got another one. Another one. Whole lot. Whole lot for y'all. It's a plethora. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and from there, we go to current news. On current news this week, man, we're going to be talking about Naomi Ahsoka. Um, we've got to be talking about a, a whole host of other current news. There's a lot of things that are happening. We're going to try and pack as many as we can, but being guided by this young, strong, powerful black woman. And you know how we support black women, period, over here. So that oh, is... I'm a black... Had to hit one time. You got to do it. You got to do it. How appropriate. Right? The first time we did it last week, though, I think we, we forced in the... The drop, but that felt appropriate. That's so good. You want to use it. You want to use it, but we get do it again. Do it again. (laughs) All my black. Word. Oh man, it's the small things that bring me joy. And we're gonna wrap the show up with recommended and review. Now, Miles, can you tell us why recommended and review is our favorite part of the show? I love recommended and review because we get to interact with you. We review what you recommend. We tell you what you should view if it's cool. And this week, we're getting into a little baby, little dirt, the voice of the heroes. I got to get my auto-tune over that one. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Heroes. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, it's it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time for hip-hop, man. And that's the show in a nutshell. Whether it's one person, 10 people, 10,000 people, it don't matter to us. Everybody's absolutely welcome over here. Let's start the show. Yeah, man, you already know what's going on. Brought to you from the illustrious gallery Momo on that side. You know what I'm saying? South Africa is in the building. Chicago is also in the building. On this side, the building is in Chicago, South Shore. This podcast is recorded on stolen land, right? 
This land was cared for by the Potawatomi people, the Council of the Three Fires, and the violence that was done to separate them from this land is inseparable from the violence that we see perpetrated in this country today, in this city today, and in this world today, man. So with that, we lifting up love for indigenous people the world over, lifting up love between black and brown people the world over, intro over. We're going to start the show, man. We're going to start the show. Yes, sir. What a what a a beautiful way to, to welcome us into into the show with that land acknowledgement. Yeah, yes, yeah, very important. It's very very important, uh, and never more so than today, right? So, without any like further ado, just let me like get into this because it's very much connected to the land acknowledgement. It's very much something that I feel like it's important for us to touch on, not only because we do the land acknowledgement, but in who we want to be as a show. You know what I'm saying? Covering the issues that matter to us and the issues that we think we need to educate and speak more about. So what's happening is uh, in Canada, man, they found 251 dead children buried in a mass grave, Mm. right? Like, yo, 215, my bad. I think I said 51, 215 children, right? And that's heavy, bro. That's heavy. All indigenous Native American children, right? Your mic was was tripping, but it just is perfect now. Cool, cool. We're going to keep it rocking. So, yeah. Yeah, man. So, and I, and I, the thing that struck me about the story, other than just that devastating loss, is that's like not how I think about Canada, bro. You know what I'm saying? I don't know about you, but when I think about Canada, I usually think super positive thoughts, especially with comparison to the United States. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is, you know, us now stepping into our stumble upon conversation um, with regards to that those findings is what what are the the details of it you know as someone that that's unfamiliar with the story what what are the findings yeah so last week in canada an indigenous community confirmed that it found the remains of 215 children uh on the grounds of a residential school right so essentially what was happening is in the uh in the 1900s right so there were these in much the same way that the United States is responsible for uh, the removal and extermination of Native American people in this land, right? Canada was doing much of the same thing with the indigenous people that were in spaces that is now Canada. Part of what they did, right, in, you know, taking land and colonizing this space was separating children from their families, putting them into boarding schools, where the purpose of this was essentially to remove that Native American culture from them, right? It was to teach, to make sure that they didn't speak that language, to teach them essentially that their culture was not a culture and that they needed to be civilized, right? And so part of doing that was separating them from their parents, but what ended up happening in these schools was not just education, but also like just- Indoctrination. It's an indoctrination, indoctrination, but also violence, also violence, also beatings, also assaults, and also the molestation of these children. So these schools were also run by the Catholic Church, right? And so we know about the history of the Catholic Church and child abuse. And of course, that was perpetrated in these spaces, right? So I've been listening to some accounts of survivors of that space, and it's really harrowing, bro. It's terrible what was done in that space. And I think it's just important to acknowledge that we continue to uncover history that shows us that all of these spaces, all, like in the Western world, wherever there is wealth, wherever there is a high level of, uh, of, of uh, life, quality of life, mm. 
you continue to find that that's built upon violence, structural violence, right, to different groups of people. And that's messed up, yo, that's messed up. So very much we've touched upon in this in this podcast multiple times the Chicago race riot of 1919 a piece of history that happened in Chicago violence done to black people that doesn't get talked about mm-hmm. you know what I mean it was just the 100 year anniversary of the Tulsa race uh, massacre right that happened where they bombed black Wall Street in Tulsa this black community that had become prosperous and a white community came in and eradicated that purposely mm-hmm. because it was prosperous right it represented a, a progress that they didn't earnestly want to see black people do. And so the further we go back, we see that that has its roots in violence done to Native Americans, that they were kind of the first groups to be marginalized and and murdered in mass. Right. So this is an important story. Just just a reminder that especially Canada, I'm like, dang, Canada, you know, what I mean, I messed with Canada, I thought. Right. (laughs) But it's just like, yeah, man, this this the violence is 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 widespread, bro. It, it it is it is widespread and and the reason why i support even news of this nature being being uh prominent and 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 being brought to our attention regardless of the how many people are impacted by it is because i believe there's a there's almost a a, a snowball effect of of um stories being uncovered right once we're able to 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 open up space and invest in getting everybody's story regarding their past regarding um you know their history their history with the land recently in south africa uh, the khoisan people in cape town were rejecting an amazon facility that's uh an aws amazon web service uh actually i think it says the retail facility so amazon is establishing this massive retail facility in cape town and the khoisan people are saying that that's being done on their land now you know as a country we we laugh about it because oh, it's these primitive people and you know it it's uh it's it's primitive and whatever the case is but the reality of it is if those people say that they have a claim to it at what point is their story then become relevant in what they've what what you know what repercussions that their community is having or whatever the case may be but with with the with that with that land acknowledgement there in, in 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 canada it's canada was always the the good big cousin of america i must say <laughs> Right. Right. And it's, and it's, you know, it it just covers so many things that we've talked about on this podcast, right? The shattering of those illusions, right? Recognizing that, you know, whether it be a person, organization, nation, that there's, there's usually some dirt there, right? Uh, And just trying to contextualize what that means. I remember not too long ago when, when the, in the midst of George Floyd's murder and the murder of Breonna Taylor, I remember black people jokingly saying, you know, man, I'm gonna just go to Canada. It's getting crazy now. Yeah, and just to be reminded that there isn't a space that's free of this structural history, at least not in the West, not none of these white-run countries. So, just makes you think. Just really makes you think. It does. And and I'm and I'm going a little bit off our off of our script with this, but it, it made me think recently when we were planning to travel around Europe, the fact that we had to research uh, the current events of what's happening in that country before we went. Like you had said in the in a few podcasts ago, you were saying. In Germany, there was a, there, there's a there's there's a lot an increasing support of of right wing rhetoric, and then in Italy, there's an increasing assaults that are happening of people of color, and this rhetoric of of, of uh, anti immigration violence is really sparking up. And we had to research that before going, and that literally changed where we got uh, the, the the our our Euro trip plan because as a black person, I will not 
for one, pay to be in a place where <laughs> I'm going to be, uh, where I'm going to be treated un- uh, unfairly. Um, but also there's a, there's a, a physical violence danger element to it as well. Like uh, as a black man, the reality of people hating me just because of what I look like and that inciting them to um, attack me, that's, that's a reality. There's so many things in what you just said that like so many different directions you could go. You know, I mean, you brought up right Germany, which is a space that we not only thought about going to and examined and we're like, oh, man, look at what's happening there. Do we want this to be a part of our vacation? Because it's so much a part of our lives. Right. This this protests against police brutality. But also you went to boarding school there, which relates to the story that we were just telling. What was that like as a black man going to boarding school in Germany? Man, I went to I went to a very. I went to a Christian boarding school. Like, you know, it really was like super Christian boarding school. Like, listen, bro, there's levels of- Almost Catholic? There's <laughs> levels. And, and I do have to say those people treated me with nothing but respect and love. And uh, I do believe I'm a better person for that. So shout out to, to anybody from there that might be listening to this. You know what I'm saying? But, that being, said, <laughs> but that being said, it was- it was tough, like Christian boarding school, but it was cool because it was in this, it was in uh, the Black Forest, so it was just like nestled in these. Germany has a lot of uh, different uh, towns, right? So it was nestled within uh, the town Condor, and it was it was very quaint. It was it was quiet. There was a little bit of a a little racist undertones, but for the most part, it was like a, a semi college campusy type of thing. And that brings me to my next question, those semi-racist undertones. You were saying that you wouldn't, you wouldn't pay to be in a space where you get treated unfairly. But then would you ever live in an affluent neighborhood that wasn't Black? Because then the chances are probably going to get pulled over, ask what you're doing here, kids are going to get stopped. You live here? Would you ever live in a space where the community felt safe maybe from violence, but there was a there was an air of, hmm, you might be the only black people in the neighborhood and that might, that might affect your experience. Would you be willing to do that? I mean, Miles, our whole life has been that experience. You know, why stop now? <laughs> why stop now? The flip, the flip side is that, of that is, ain't you sick of it? Like, Definitely. It's and that's tiring. not my experience now, right? Like, I live in a in an all in a primarily black neighborhood now, and I love it, right? And and it's crazy. I was actually talking to someone the other week, right? Like, there's the element of understanding that there's violence going on in this neighborhood, and yet, as somebody who knows the neighborhood and walks it, like being still more worried about the police than I am about any of these people, right? I'm not worried about you know. I'm not worried that I'm chilling outside on the corner or on my stoop or whatever. And some white person is going to call the cops on me because there's no white people to be worried about that, you know? And I love, and I love that despite what other things might come with the neighborhood. So I think I'm in a place where going forward, I don't want to live in a primarily white neighborhood, even if it is affluent. Like, you know what I mean? Like I want to try and find where the, where, how can I figure out where I can send my kids to the best school and yet still be in a community where we feel Mm. safe culturally. 
that's an important thing to to consider and i think that again always speaks on a major belief of this podcast which is that if you put your money behind what you care about and you are making a financial decision when you say i'm not going to take my kids to an affluent white school i'm going to take them to a place where they're culturally appreciated and then the value then goes into schools that have um into schools that 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 have that that uh, that respect for for culture Right, and then that becomes prominent, and that becomes important. So I agree with you, but also it's important that I tell you that experience, uh, because I'm very familiar with it, especially in the U.S., is not a universal experience. Now, granted, Black people in South Africa do go, and, and I only speak of that because that's my point of reference, right? But there, that that's not that's that's not entirely true. There are many places where the the affluent there's just nothing but but Black affluence, right? And those places don't. They, they're not met with the same type of hostility and police relationships. Now, I can't speak on the whole of Africa for that because you saw what happened in Nigeria. Right. You know, yeah. but from my perspective, it is important to know that there are places, especially in South Africa, where you, you, you can, the, the, the affluence can, is, is not as tip-top as it is in the U.S. There's places where it is. There's places where it is, definitely. Right. But you and don't have that same fear of the police doing that. No, it's not the same. Yeah. Thing. Well, there are spaces in the U.S. where it's Black affluent communities as well. So that kind of gets to the heart of my question is, mm -hmm. does the existence of those spaces mean that, yeah, because that exists and you could live there, you would never live in an affluent white community because why? You could live in an affluent Black community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, vote, vote, with the, vote with your dollars for sure, for sure. And the motherland is full of those, the motherland is full of those. Actually, if... Uh, an ad would like to be placed here. I can make an ad for the motherland right now, if you don't mind, Mother Xavier. This is for our, our future ad sponsors. Just the general, just the motherland in general? Just like, <laughs> the motherland, go to it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't going to be that short with it, but that was going to be the essence of the ad. <laughs> I got you. I, I, I rock with that. I love, I love the motherland. People who love the motherland. The motherland. And you are down with the motherland. Like, comment, and subscribe <laughs> to this podcast. Hashtag down with the motherland. No, actually, I don't like down with the motherland. Like, <laughs> down with the motherland? No, no. I'm not feeling that. Listen, it's being it's it's getting difficult staying in the motherland, though. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. There's there's power cuts that are happening in South Africa. There is uh, energy structural issues that are making it difficult for business to be done. The climate is is difficult. However, I have recently adopted optimism to what I think the outcome of this generation is going to be. And I'm all for supporting the people that are doing things that are pushing that forward, much like Naomi Osaka. So if I say Kawabanga and then you say wave, does that make us, does that mean we're doing current news? <laughs> current news. Welcome to current news yes 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 and this is a double drop segment because it's also it's been up it's amazing just to be able to like lift up a black woman in sports and be like yo she's dope and continuing a single continuing a legacy of black women dominating tennis right so naomi osoka is a true 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 champion in my mind regardless of anything mm -hmm. Right, right. But you know what's going on, man. You want to you want to tell the people a little bit about what's happening right now with a girl. Uh, um, 
the the French Open. Do you mind do you mind pulling up an article on it? But what I do understand, uh, I got you. Don't trip. I got it. Thank oh, you. No. You know I've been you've been reading. Yo, nigga, your brother told us how you be all into reading and shit. Hey, that's some real good shit, my nigga, for real. Congratulations, nigga. That's right. Clears throat, pushes glasses up the bridge of nose. ESPN, the tennis champ, Naomi Osaka, withdrew from the French Open after she was fined $15,000 and faced threats of suspension for not talking to the media. Osaka revealed she's dealt with bouts of depression and anxiety since 2018 and that the media has affected her mental health. Now she's calling a timeout and taking a break from the tennis court. Can I stop you there? Can we read what she said about it? All right, man. Come on, man. I have the, I have the, I, I got, I got reads for you, but you got some. <laughs> Hold on. Let me get my scroll on. Hey, how is that not a song? Hold on. Let me get my scroll on. You know what I'm saying? Well, my, uh, would it be called scroll on? Hold on. <laughs> everybody, everybody, get your on. Parentheses, hold on. <laughs> the video is just a bunch of people on their phones just scrolling. Everybody, everybody, get your scroll on. That right. slap on TikTok. That would. All right, all right. So here we go. I think now the best thing for the tournament, and these are these are these are Miss Osaka's words. I think now the best thing for the tournament. The other players and my well-being is that I withdraw so that everyone can get back to focus on tennis going on in Paris. I never want it to be a distraction, and I accept that my timing was not ideal. So essentially, she's saying, I, I'm not, not talking like to make a point. I've been going through it, and I needed the space. And to me, she said that gracefully. She's handling this gracefully. And... Shout out to her for yeah. prioritizing her mental health in the face of what people feel as obligations. But really, you won. You're the champion. You called the shots. That is queenly of her to say, did, did it on y'all. So hold on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to still at home, watch Netflix, get my Netflix scroll on. Yeah. Relax. But let's not, you know lose, I mean? the, let's not lose the the essence of the difficulty of a decision like that, right? If you're a competitor... To make that type of decision to pull away for a reason that is for your own betterment, that's a difficult decision to make. And it's actually a very mature decision to make. We've seen a lot of our black heroes, um, black, black sports heroes make, make stances with their, with their abstinence from things um, as, as, a, as, a, as a sign of protest. Right. And so let's, you know, as, as people in this podcast that appreciate protesting, let's appreciate that for what it is. We saw Muhammad Ali do the same thing, right? We've seen uh, the NBA come together and not play when Black Lives Matter was happening. That is how we as Black athletes, we, this <laughs> is me include myself, we as Black athletes, me representing yeah, the golf that much pros. Him, that he considers himself amongst the great Black athletes like Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Naomi Ahsoka. Look, look at the company I've placed myself in. <laughs> I love the confidence, King. I love it. <laughs> no, but that's that's real though. That 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 element of protest, right? So I want to respect that. As I, I want to respect that. Um, she also speaks about the the disregard of sports players' mental health, and I think that is 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 very important to raise the question of 
what does the obligation of an athlete with respect to mental health um, oblige them to do? You've seen people like Dennis Rodman that detail using sports as that escape from their mental illnesses. Um, Lamar Odom speaks of the same thing. Even people that are not, Michael Jordan says, you know, he, he, basketball is the only time he gets to get away from the world, right? Now, what does that mean once that is done, that obligation has been fulfilled? What is their commitment to being able to, to, to addressing the media? Um, not everyone is LeBron James eloquent. Perfectly put. I got one more quote from you from, from Naomi, where she says, I am not a natural public speaker and get huge waves of anxiety before I speak to the world's media. I get really nervous and find it stressful to always try and engage and give the media the best answers I can. So boom, you're, you're spot on. You know what I'm saying? And if you're more of an introverted person, if you're more just focused, like, on the task at hand, if you're somebody like myself or Michael Jordan, right, where you just kind of... <laughs> I can't get mine in there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're the lead athlete too, Phil. Go ahead. You, 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 you trying to take a game to if you're trying to ele- if you're always trying to elevate, you know what I'm saying? Like Kobe or like, you know, even I feel this way. Like <laughs> it can be tough. It can be tough when and it, it can be tough balancing like needing the the sport and that thing you love as an outlet, but also uh needing to excel in it and also meeting those obligations right it can it can it can be it can get real funny when love is mixed with business and when people are dependent on you doing the thing you love now and is how can you and to try and keep loving it through that you know miles um let's let's even be even more transparent right we've never had i let me speak about myself i've never had to speak to the, the, the as much media as Naomi Soka. I've never had that, but as people that have both had, let's say, tele, uh, t- uh, television appearances and have been recorded in giving and speaking, you do get nervous before those things happen, right? Now, I spend a lot of time practicing things that allow me to be comfortable within that space, but that, that, that feeling of, 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 of anxiousness and of nervousness it, it's it's a real it's a real feeling to have to go through. It's not like, and and that's just that's just ba- mere old me. <laughs> you know, I can't imagine what that pressure would be like if I had finished practicing or playing against Serena Williams, and I'm sitting at the table having to answer these questions. It's it's, it's nerve wracking. Yeah. So what do you? So you said you you practice. Is is it more like a repetition thing? You you think out different scenarios that might occur and how you'll respond to them, and, and that helps you feel prepared? Is that kind of how you overcome that? Honestly, a lot of meditation is, meditation is, is the biggest, is the biggest um, muscle that whatever, whatever you end up doing, it, it's going to come back to your ability to be present, right? Because that nervousness is, that, that, that nervousness is you being trapped in scenarios. You're being trapped in, what if I fail? You're being trapped in what if I mess up? You're being trapped in how do I look? What if I forget? These are you you are now no longer present, but you are you are living in the realms of your thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. And so with meditation, you're able to separate yourself from your thoughts and view them not as your actual reaction, but view them as as a as a separate as a separate blip of 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 many a thoughts, right? And depending on how you interact with them. 
that is what the big practice is. Doing things like this. This for us is the gym. Yeah. You know, things like that. For sure. And yourself? Yeah, yeah. I think on I think on my end it is a lot about um thinking through those scenarios in terms of preparation, right? You 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 can't you can't be being prepared, putting the time in, knowing what you're talking about, devoting the care appropriate to the subject. Um Gunshots for then that. there's hype. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Gunshots for that preparation, bro. That's real. It's a great weapon. You know what I mean, preparation and, uh, and, and perspective is the only superpower, but I digest. You dig me. Um, I think it's really important to also acknowledge that the other thing is just hype, right? It's important for me to, in that space, like take a few deep breaths. I definitely do my own version of like meditation before something like that. Um, but then it's also remembering that. I do this, you know what I mean? Like, it's also remembering that I have put the hours in the gym. It's one thing to do them, and the benefit of having done those hours is remembering that, like, I am prepared for this. I, I'm, this is what I do, this is what I care about, this is what I wanna continue to do, right? Even if you're not talking specifically about the media thing, I wanna continue to be the best of the best in this career, or the best of the best at whatever I'm applying myself to. And so, as I step in front of this microphone, let me project where I'm going with this, yeah. you know what I mean? Let me project the type of person that you're going to continue to see. Um, and, and, and you gas yourself up and surround yeah. yourself with people that gas you up. Never have I ever had something that made me nervous in an event and not called you beforehand just to be like, yo, let me hit the pads a couple of times, Duck, left, <laughs> right, right hook. You know what I'm saying? And like, just make sure that I'm, that I'm in there, that my footwork is correct and that, you know, I'm, I'm prepared and you need people like that in your corner, literally your, your corner, you need your coaching staff, your mentors, you know, people that, that know how to tell you what you need to hear when you need to hear it. Yeah. But prepper, I love that you got the preparation because that, that's literally it. It's the, it, it's, it's the prep, like it's, the confidence of, of preparation gives you this outlook, right? This is the beautiful thing about preparation. Once you prepare, you go, I've done the best that I can do. So whatever the outcome is, is, is almost out of my control. However, if I look at the effort that I put in to prepare myself, that is, that is the reward of, of, of the whole thing. You know, even with money, that just ends up becoming a byproduct of the dedication you have given to this road of being prepared. Because we do know that success is when opportunity means preparation. And that's, that's, that's literally it, right? So on the one end, you can't control the opportunity. That's, that's the luck element of it. That's being the right time, the right place, born in the right whatever. It's you. But the preparation element of it, that is the reward. That is the reward. The process of that is the reward, for sure. Mm -hmm. To me. <laughs> Everybody's homework for All The Way Live is that at some point, whether you're brushing your teeth, you know what I'm saying, just hopped out the shower, you know what I'm saying? Look in that mirror. One second and tell yourself success is where opportunity meets preparation. And you looking mighty successful. <laughs> tell yourself that. Tell him. Tell him. One time. There it is. There it is. Um speaking about speaking about there's there's many places we can take this conversation. I'm glad we handled the Naomi Osoka. Um I think we also Memes, me, we wanted to touch on meme stocks. Meme stocks. You got any meme stocks, bro? I don't. I don't. I don't. What you this, doing? 
What you doing out here, bro? I, I've recently adopted the reality of the phases of investing, right? Uh, this is something that we've spoken about off camera. And this is something that I've said to you that, I, that I've told you I, I not necessarily struggle with, but I'm trying to comprehend is what is the right allocation of resources? Because at this current moment, everything I have has to go into my ideas. That is the biggest investment that I am making right now. There was a period where the biggest investment I was making was into the structure of different portfolios and being, having, having a super agile um, investment portfolio that has a lot of very exciting things in it, but is also off, but is also balanced off by, um, by, by these, these, these larger iShares and S&P 500s, right? These ETFs. There was that period. And then there's now this period of, of entrepreneurship and then thinking forward, you know, I just got an apartment. So that's the investment going into that. The value of that is going to increase at a certain time. Um, get somebody, you know, invest the cash that's going to renovate, get somebody in there, then you start having a passive income, right? So all to say, um, my, my, do I feel like I'm missing out on, on, on the meme stocks and everything like that? Have, has, have we created portfolios that include them? Yes. Yes. Have, have we worked with them? Yes. Have we understood them? Yes. Do I own them though? At this current moment, the value of the, the value I would get back from that is being held by the value of the things that are in front right now of, 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 of the businesses, the businesses that need the cash flow. I love how you broke down kind of your financial mindset and the phases of, of life, right? And you've, you've invested in the stock market, you've taken that money out to, to live and to make other investments in yourself and your entrepreneurial endeavors. Uh, I think that's dope. I think that's super dope. So um, have you invested in meme stocks? Uh, I got a couple, I got a couple little shares of AMC when the last one, when GameStop went crazy, a couple of the articles I read were saying like, and now they're talking about AMC and that one really clicked for me. And they, this is what they say all the time is invest in what you believe in, invest in what you know. And as somebody they, who, <laughs> you say that, <laughs> say you. Yeah, as as my friend Warren, as my friend Zway Buffett always says, dude, <laughs> invest in what you know, right? And so, like, that's literally the slogan of Good Bucks. <laughs> is it? <laughs> it? Literally, is invest in what you believe in. Hey, there you go. Wait, <laughs> don't I have a rap lick like that? Anyway, I don't just. <laughs> I don't just. Uh, what was I saying? AMC. Uh, AMC connected with me for real, because as somebody who, as stuff opens, like, I'm not, you know, I'm glad I get to see my homies. I'm glad we get to go out. I've been able to kick it with my homeboys, Casey and uh, Austin. I'm gonna have to link up with my guys, you know, Freddie, Adrian, shout out the squad, man. Sam, my homeboy Sam is moving to Miami. Shout out to Sam, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's been dope to be able to do that. But one of the things that I've been most excited about is like feeling comfortable enough to go back to the movie and get some movie theater popcorn and just sit, watch a big movie. So what's actually dope is matter of fact, I don't even get, need to get into that right now, but the point is mm. I'm ready to go back to the movies. And even if the movies is a business that I see as something that might not have the longevity that we once thought it had because of the way that home entertainment and streaming services have evolved. 
it did catch my eye as a as a stock as a potential stock buy when I heard about it as a meme stock uh, after GameStop blew up. So I copped a little bit of that. So I got a little bit of AMC. They just went up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I don't have I don't have like you know I didn't invest thousands in it. You know what I'm saying? I just didn't, I put a little sum in in AMC just to see what that do. Yeah. Did a little sum. Now I invest that. There's some mess. Yeah. You know yeah. And yeah. I don't want I don't want people to to feel um, a lot of the times, yeah, there's FOMO. The reality of, of financial FOMO is so real, right? But this is, this is the truth. This is such a wide ocean of, of, of options. There, you, you, at no point can you really be able to put your cash anywhere. We were all, we were all together when um, the oil prices dropped to zero, you know, or the oil futures dropped to zero, and the commodity price shot down. That would have been a short sell for anybody because now that price is sitting at $60, right? Now, that, that's something I took advantage of because that's something I understand. That's something that um, I, I'm, I'm knowledgeable of, something that I can track and from there flip that back, right? So it just touches, it, it just touches a lot so on people having FOMO of, of, of not participating in these meme stocks or not seeing uh, Bitcoin, you know, not jumping onto the massive gains that people are having. And a lot of what I call return porn, you know, is what, is what it is where people are, are posting their massive, returns <laughs> damn dude <Yep. laughs> damn dude and I, womp, womp, womp. and I and I really emphasized that massive was the problem you did you yeah. did <laughs> problem story of my life so with, um, <laughs> um, a lot of times people feel like they're, they're missing out but the truth is it to there, there's so many different options that you'll never you know there's there's many different things that you can be able to place your money on at the right time or not have placed your money on at the right time there's an infinite number of those things but the truth is for a steady scale of wealth creation as per the experts there is a rather simple formula with that is uh, you need a diversified portfolio you need uh, passive income coming in uh, you need the uh, you know you need to have less debt than you do have um, you know your your debt to income ratio needs to be set off in the right way it's it's a it's a structural approach to it and so when you look at things from that perspective um you can maybe be at a different place of that approach but it doesn't mean that you're fully out of it which is something that i think a lot of people are feeling right now with how with all this uh pornographic statistics is being shared <laughs> Word. Word. but i think that's really important to acknowledge right you you were, I'm reminded of the Atlanta episode where uh, where Childish yeah, sells is. the the dog with the help of of Lakeith, and they come back and he's like, yeah, you'll have you know we'll probably double your money in like six months. He's like, I'm too poor to invest. I need money now, right? <laughs> like, and that's a reality. But the 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 mindset is understanding investment and be looking for that next thing that makes sense to you, right? And at that and that aligns with what. That opportunity that makes sense to you aligns with the preparation of getting your money right, paying off your debt, making sure that your, your credit is right, getting paying your bills. You can't buy stock if you got to pay your bills and you don't have the extra, you don't have extra money, right? So you got to get yourself right in that position. Uh, but I think what we're seeing, and I think the reason a lot of that FOMO is like intensifying is because those stock opportunities are getting closer to a space where more people can understand them, right? We're getting to the space where and I, we've kind of done this topic backwards, so our apologies to the people, but watch how I do this right here. What meme stocks really are, are stocks that are being inflated by 
groups of people getting together online and acknowledging the cultural importance of a of a certain brand, right? So a couple of other examples include BlackBerry. BlackBerry is not going to take off past Apple or Samsung at this point in the phone game. But people remember BlackBerry. They remember what it was. They remember what it represented. And it's still available to buy stock. So people are online memeing BlackBerry, deciding to buy the stock, not because of anticipation of what BlackBerry is about to do is make some crazy move, but because of that cultural relevance that everybody's acknowledging. And so that is shooting the stock up. Another example uh, is Bed Bath & Beyond, right? Bed Bath & Beyond is not making no crazy, you know- uh, Beds uh, or baths or anything beyond that. Or anything (laughs) (laughs) I love this podcast. Yo, right? but, but, But people recognize it's a place that many people have worked as a teenager. It's a strange store where you can buy microwaves and like foot massagers. It's like weird. And people are recognizing that cultural significance. And and that is the reason that people are, are lifting it. The result of that and something that we saw when AMC blew up was that the people that have been doing the stock trading, that have been making the big money off of it, don't like this so much. Mm-hmm. They feel like it should be a legitimate company move, a business decision, a, a new product that should spur and determine market moves. That and Elon Musk's tweets. But they don't like that groups of regular people are getting together online and just deciding to boost something up and profiting from it. So when GameStop went crazy, Multiple times, different platforms, including Robinhood, stopped trading of the of the stock because they were like it was. They felt like it was being manipulated. Although there are no legal reasons that they should have been able to stop it, they felt like this is manipulation because they'd never seen it before with Reddit and people getting together on social media. So Robinhood stopped it, and the stock exchange was like, "We don't like this." Fast forward to now, when AMC went crazy, it was stopped. Trading was stopped. People reported in mass not being able to buy or sell the stock four separate times throughout the day. And people were looking at Robinhood, the trading platform, like, yo, why y'all keep stopping the trading? Y'all can't do this. And then Robinhood said, hey, bro, it was the New York Stock Exchange. So the New York Stock Exchange is now in a position where allegedly they are stopping trading that is based on these meme stocks, which is the cultural boosting of a, of a company's stock value rather than based on their business practices, decisions, or products. That's where we at with it. That's what's going on. Start to pay attention, get your money right. Think about a little bit of an investment fund and just start looking for stuff that makes sense. If you love Red Lobster and you hear rumblings, the Red Lobster might blow up. There's money in it. Do that. It's the best type of money I've ever made. Money that behind things that I care about. It feels better. It feels better. With, with, with the, there's so much to dive into, even with that, with the, the Robin Hood, with the Robin Hood thing, especially from a business perspective, a business, a business and structural perspective um the ties to what they can and can't do and how really these um these these uh these companies right these intermediary transactionary companies they are oftentimes at the at the mercy of what these larger legislative institutions allow them to do Robinhood has to plug into certain stock exchanges in order for them to be able to reflect those options onto their site now it's if they really do want to shut it down, it's possible that that can happen. And as a, as a, uh, a modern company, uh, those types of things happen all the time. We saw Uber, when it first came out, really have to struggle in how it handles uh, the, it, it's, it's legislations um, with, with drivers. Just that one way of, of putting it out was, was no longer working and people were infuriated by it. Was it right? No, it wasn't right. 
Um, but that is the reality of what they had to adjust to. And I think we're seeing the same thing with, with Robin Hood. But, hey, man, put your money in what you believe in. Yes, sir. And stay tuned for more information on Good Box. Because we're making major moves wait. out here, baby. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Coming soon. Man, what else, man? What Coming else, soon. man? You know what I'm saying? I think we done served them up a hot plate, skillet, you know what I'm saying? Grilled it up, chefed it, chopped it right, put it with the right sauces, seasonings, and sides to make sure that they had a complete meal. What more could they possibly recommend it and review? Drop something about that. Drop something you know for that. Saying? You know what I'm saying? We out here. We out here. We out here. Voice of the hero. I'm not gonna do we're gonna add an auto tune to that. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna get it. We're gonna get me sounding like Dirk Yo out here. Little Dirk. <laughs> Little baby. Voice of the heroes. You get a chance to listen to it? You listen to it all the way through? I did. I've I've listened to it. It's 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 solid. It's solid. It I it's real it it gives me is it what a time to be alive? Oof, good comparison. Good it gives me what a time to be alive vibes. And it's very evident that Lil Baby is the Drake of it. Interesting. Go on. What do you mean by that? Just in the sense that we are entering baby, uh, baby's time. You know, in hip-hop, hip-hop is a gladiator sport. And there are times where there's a clear champion, right? There's, there's always going to be the champion. But then there's going to also be Spartacus, if you get the gladiator reference uh, right there. But it, it's... You have somebody that is clearly dominating right now, right? This is the the, the voice of, of of the youth, which is why they they called it what it is between the two. And I think Lil Baby, from a technical perspective, from a lyrical perspective, just he he's got it. He's the one. I think he is the sound. I think when you hear him now, <clears throat> he he just encapsulates, you know, so much of what we've been hearing over the last ten years from mumble rap, but still having a lyrical delivery to snap and over take Keith London on the track fits right in with, with the producers that are, that are making waves right now. But it's interesting because for all the praise I can give little baby, that flow doesn't change that much. Right. And so there's an interesting like dynamic here where I'm going through, this is 18 tracks long, something like that. And I'm liking it, and I'm, but I'm also, I'm also wondering, to your comparison of somebody like Drake, if you get 18 tracks from Drake, right, you're going to have such a variety of tones, of singing, of rapping. Mm. Did you get ear fatigue at all listening to these two, but particularly Baby, whose flow is kind of, is going to be what it's going to be on every, on every song? The ear fatigue was there um, mainly because, and, and the ones I usually skipped over are the are the female songs, right? Or let me say the the, the ones for the ladies, and, and this and this one is for the ladies. All of those. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna drop it, but you bodied that. You bodied that. <laughs> you know, uh, all of those. You know, you had a concert. All right, we're gonna take a little bit slow now and dedicate one for the ladies. That, uh, but that being said, there's a huge female fan base that just eats this music all the way up. I don't care how hard you think you like little baby, how much you think you like little dirt. There's shawties out there in Atlanta and Chicago that love him way more than you do. And that is their jam, you know? 
Um, me personally, I did, I did get ear fatigue from it, but I, I expected there to be misses. What I liked, I liked a lot. What I didn't like was what I usually don't like about that type of music. All right, boom, boom. So I think that that brings us to, if you, do you have the track list? Do you want to give us some of the highlights from the album? Yeah, I would do it, but the paper I wrote it on, I also wrote this Lloyd Banks album track list on top of it. So it's a, it's a little, a little, a little hard a little to read heavy. because what I'm looking at is this Lloyd Banks. Oh my goodness. I love don't me. Trip. Don't trip. Don't trip. We're going to get there. Let me tell them, let me give them a little bit of, of, of my highlights. From please, this do, please do. Please uh, do. I loved, I like, I liked lying. Lying sounded just like King Von. Um, and I just, I just appreciated Dirk making that record and that space on this project, just continuing to, you know, just show that loyalty and just like, I love that in artistry, right? Um, and much the same way that I appreciate whenever you hear a Beak record and there's a reference to Snoop or you can tell that, that that's the bag he's in is, is, is thinking about that homie. That came across really dope. I thought that was like a dope kind of homage, right? Um, I messed with uh, if you want to, right? That's like further down the track list, track fifteen. This I think this actually got like this. This kind of picked up a little bit at the tail end. Rich off pain, make yeah. it out, yeah. bruised up. If you want to, those last few songs are 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 super dope to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, I liked hats off, right? Uh, I like man of my word. I like still hood. I liked a lot of this. I didn't get a lot it of much. it is good. A lot yeah. of it is good. It's it's gym music, it's car music, a lot of it is very good. And it's and it's I I as the summer like opens up, bro, and people are starting to go out again, hearing these songs as an album from these two guys is is one thing. And to be be able to appreciate that as good is one thing. But these songs are the songs that are gonna stand out among mixes mm. throughout the summer. You know what I mean? These are gonna be the high points of being out and hearing, you know. Whether it's hats off, whether it's uh, what's the meek feature, uh, still running. Yeah, there's gonna be some even even the even the songs for the ladies, man. So I was very happy with this, right? I'm and I'm as a Chicago as a Chicago native, bro. Like the fact that you look at you mentioned what a time to be alive, but you look at Watch the Throne, you look at Voice to the Heroes. We are part of some of these these collab albums. Chicago, it's amazing for Chicago to be acknowledged in that space too, and just to be, you know, continue to for Dirk to just kind of take up that role, bro. Dirk has really just kind of stood up to be like, yo, I guess I'm the guy in Chicago and yeah. continue to carry that sound. And and like, I don't think anybody in 2012 was projecting Dirk to be this consistent, this guy. So shout out to him. And I'm I'm super proud of, of, of that musically. I rock with it. It hits so different riding yeah. around in Chicago too. Like that music is, I took this, I took just a drive to go pick up some like, you know, some lamb's barbecue. You don't know nothing about that south side all day. You know what I'm saying? With the mild sauce on the side, extra lemon pepper. But I digest. I went to go pick that up, just listening to the album, and just it sounds. It sounds like this area, bro. It sounds like this. So, man, was I? I was. I was not expecting to like this as much as I did. Um, I super appreciate it. I'm gonna give this one four mics. Four out of five mics. Wow, that's four very high. Five that's very high. Yeah. That's very, very high. Um, and I'm glad that you touched on, I'm glad you touched on the importance of Dirk in Chicago because Chicago does have a plethora of talent. I mean, uh, you got uh, you got Mick Jenkins coming out of Chicago. You've got No Name coming out of Chicago. You've got Saba coming out of Chicago. You got uh, Dirk, put Dirk in there. You've got 
uh, chance if you want to. You got there's, there's a whole lot of talent that's in that's in Chicago. Yeah. You got Herbo. You got Polo G. You got Polo um, G. How could I even forget the youngins? And if there's, and if there's one critique that I could make about this is, is that I the difference between the songs was so dependent on the beat that features were super welcome right and so i wish there would have been there were certain songs where i'm like man there should have i i hear polo g on this right and you know rest in peace to bomb but polo g is out here go get him you know what i mean um go get g herbo uh you know what i'm saying go get lucky some of these other chicago dudes that are that are making noise but not to say that dirk doesn't do doesn't drop an otf mixtape every six months for Literally only the family, so yeah, and, literally uh, only the family. He explains it in the hook. Explain it, yeah. So, <laughs> man, I, I, I'm I'm with it. I'm 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 bumping this. This is this is super hard. Uh, and just congratulations to those two gentlemen, man. I think that they are they are running with that with the mantle of being the guys. So, mm-hmm. word. Who word, did word who did who did uh who did not Herbo? Who did how am I forgetting his name? King Lord, Taste Av. No, literally uh, on the baby. King Louis. Literally on the baby. I was is baby and Dirk. Dang. What? Dirk. I was Dirk. thinking Dirk. I was thinking a little Dirk. Who we've been talking about this whole time? <laughs> Dude, that is so embarrassing. I'm I'm, I'm gonna cut that out. Um who did <laughs> who did he pick up the mantle from in Chicago? Who dropped it uh, and who did he take it from? On the chance on the on the street side, I would say he's been kind of leading since Keith was like, "All right, I'm just gonna I'm I'm just gonna be my, my legend self." I'm kind of he's still doing the music that new Bugatti. He's on that that goes hard. That dropped last week. Stupid. That, that, that's dumb. But Keith definitely was like took a took a backseat musically, if not culturally. And Dirk kind of stepped up in that. I think for a little bit, uh, Young Pappy was that guy. Rest in peace to Young Pappy. Um, but yeah, I think I think you know there was a little time there was a King Louis. King Louis there was King FBG Louis. Duck, and Dirk was always kind of in that mix. But again, I don't think anybody expected him to be the guy that you know just kept it kept it going, right? Yeah. Lo and behold, lo and behold. But uh, Polo G's is is up there too, man. I be I, I mess with Polo G's music, so there he want that he want that top spot too. Um, and his bodies of work album wise are super solid. Polo yeah. G, so hey, it's man. a lot. I'm, I'm proud, proud of my city, bro. Listen, while we still picking up beautiful music, uh, that Lloyd Banks album, if you haven't if you haven't jumped on it, uh, it's for the heads. It's for the heads. Um, personally. That was what I was listening to more of this week, but also because I was chopping wood in the cold, trying to keep my family warm, wearing gloves. So that Lloyd Banks gritty hip hop music and that deep, dark, introspective writing, it, it, it's, not, it's not summertime in South Africa right now, okay? That's what I was about to say. It's That's not summertime. That, shape, Just, that, that booty shaking um, music, inappropriate. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, but as somebody who lives in Chicago, we the, we make sure that there's booty shaking when it's cold. Helps. So <laughs> y'all might want to rethink that one, but I definitely feel you on the vibe. You, you the winter album to get you through to grinding it out in the in the cold. Yeah, the cold. yeah. Um, um, if I may say, and this is gonna be very 
controversial between the two of us. If I have to compare it out to the eldest statements, eldest statesman of hip hop's albums that I've dropped, this Banks album is better than Jim Jones's last album, and I think could be compared to Jim Jones's first album. What you think this? You think this Lloyd Banks pro- project is better than El Capo? I think it's better than El, El Capo. El Capo is the the latest one to drop, right? He just dropped the deluxe of El Capo. Was it no? But El Capo's was it the deluxe? Yeah, with the red cover. That's the deluxe of El Capo. Yeah, I'm I'm talking the the latest, uh, the latest Jim Jones and Harry Fraud. Oh. Uh, that's, uh... The fraud department. The fraud department. Is better than the fraud department. But not better than El Capo. El Capo, no. But, 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 you can't compare it. You can't compare it. All right, all right. You can't compare it. That's good hip-hop. That's good hip-hop. You can't compare it. I'll give that four out of five mics. I'll give that four out of five mics. Wow, double four out of fives. Double four out of fives. Double four. We out here. Yo, are you watching Floyd Mayweather fight Logan Paul tonight? I guess. Damn. I guess. I'm, I'm much more excited up early for that. I'm much more excited about the Adesanya fight next week. So we we gonna be in tune for that. Mo UFC on the way. But yes yeah. sir, yes sir, yes sir. I might watch this. We'll see what I'm doing. We'll see what I'm doing. You know what's crazy, Miles Xavier? Throughout this whole entire podcast, I don't know if the people knew this, but we know. Oh yeah, we know. We know. We aware, bro. Yeah, I'm sure they know too, man. It's a lot. It's a lot of podcasts. It's a lot. So if you are hearing the savory sounds of hazelnut tones and chestnut tones. Hello. Right now. Chestnut, yeah. Chestnut tones, yeah. <laughs> hazelnut, yeah. And we appreciate you. We love you, man. This is this is this is this is beautiful. This this felt amazing. It is 95 degrees in Chicago. I'm sweating like a mug. And I am, I am, there's still nowhere I would rather be than here talking to y'all talking to you my bro celebrating 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 life celebrating how good it feels to be black don't it feel good my favorite thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so man look some delicious hug somebody you love you know what i'm saying like that peace water we gone that's a motherfucking podcast bro.